And hello, hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Space Between Your Ears, a podcast with a new backdrop. Ooh, fancy, fancy. <laughs> and yeah, I got a new backdrop, and then the, our, our special guest has a flowered curtain behind her. It's lovely. <laughs> it's very lovely. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brian Katie, and uh, we're rocking and rolling here. Um, if you're checking out the YouTube live, we thank you very much. If not, then you can always catch us on anywhere you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, whatever, wherever. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter if you want to know when podcasts are going live. It's This one's locked in Thursdays. It's been kind of varying between like 4 and 6 p.m., 7 p.m., um, so the easiest way to figure it out is just follow my Twitter, which is scrolling across the screen right now, at Brian Katie. And if you got any comments, suggestions, <laughs> questions, uh, if you want to share your mental health story on this uh, it with email, just notate if you want me to share it on air or not. Uh, the email right there, also scrolling down below, brian.katie at godzillamedia.com. And as you can tell, uh, we have a special guest for today. My first ever guest, by the way, on this podcast. Wait, really? That's right. Yes, because we spent we spent the last two weeks um, not telling my whole story, but you know, it's focusing on certain areas about my story. Okay. So you are you are the first official guest on the show. Oh my God, no pressure. So uh, to give a formal introduction, uh, she goes by Kennedy Copeland. She's a professional wrestler uh, around the Northeast, and she's you know she's she's branching, she's branching, she's spreading her wings. She's a little birdie, she's flying around. Uh, literally, literally, if you go see her matches, she's literally flying around. Um, <laughs> Sometimes and, it's not up to me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> whatever you call or they call, whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, first off, how are you doing? How was your day? Everything cool? Yeah, just, you know, a little tired. Time. Uh, Other than that, can't complain. I'm waking the tired. I know we were mentioning it before the show. So I got the electrolytes. You have the uh, caffeine and sugar going on. Yep. So uh, cheers to you. <laughs> uh, so let's just kind of start. Um, let's just start with a very basic question. Because I approached you about this when I initially had the idea flowing about a podcast mm-hmm. roughly a year ago. Oh, yeah. And then. The gears were halted very quickly just because I had stuff going on and had issues with equipment and stuff like that. But then I had this opportunity to come up and put the uh, step on the gas and got it going. And I reapproached you about a week or two ago. And you still said yes. Crazy, crazy person. <laughs> um, so I guess the question becomes, why did you say yes to coming on this podcast to share your story? Um, I mean, it's something that I'm not ashamed of. I'm always open to sharing it. I like to say I'm an open book. Um, and just mental health awareness is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So, I mean, anybody who approaches me, um, like regarding it, um, they're, they're cool in my eyes, you know what I mean? Um, cause they get it. So it's, you know, I just felt comfortable coming on here and and sharing my story. You know, before we start from, the beginning, obviously. Um, you mentioned, you know, people who want to talk about it being cool with you. Do you th- think that with how the 
it's been more public recently. Like you see these pro athletes who are talking about their mental health and being more open about it. Um, and, you know, making decisions about their careers because of their mental health. Do you feel like anything's changed over the last few years with it being a more front of mind kind of topic now where people are maybe starting to be more open about discussing mental health in a public forum? Or do you think there's still a little bit of a, a struggle there for a lot of people? Um, I, I personally think that more and more people are um, open about it. And I think it's, you know, thanks to platforms like this even. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure those who don't um, want to share their story, that's, that's their choice. You know what I mean? Um, But I do think that it's becoming more and more widely accepted. Um, So that's just my personal opinion. Um, And I think that's why I'm being more and more open about it as well. Um, Just because it's, it's being more accepted. Now, if you were to try to pinpoint either a certain age range or a specific event or a, a, or a period of time that triggered the start of your mental health journey, mm-hmm. where would you roughly place that and what, what do you think caused it? Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's difficult to pinpoint like one exact moment or one exact reason, obviously there's a lot of things that can factor into it. Um, but it's kind of been a part of me for as long as I can remember. Um, and I know you had sent me kind of like a sample of the questions that you were going to be asking. So I could kind of prepare. Um, and I was thinking back and I'm like, man, like, it's just, you know, it's just always been who I am. Like I remember, um, going to, going to dance class one night and sometimes what I would do because I just, I didn't like going out and doing things. I don't know. I guess I've always been like kind of a hermit. Um, I've always been shy and whatnot, which, you know, later on I found out was actually social anxiety. Um, but I remember I was going on my way to dance class and what I used to do was like pretend to be asleep on the couch and try to, you know, play sick or be like, I'm too tired to go. My mom would still make me go. Um, And I can remember exactly her saying, like, I'm in the front seat and she's saying, she's talking to me and she's like, you know, you're very, uh, you're very anxious. And like that, you know, that was just a word to me. Um, I'm like in second grade. I don't really know what that means, you know. Um, But now I, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Um, And even before then, it was just, I would work myself up to the point where, you know, I would be sick for months. I'd just be constantly vomiting and everything that's how bad it used to be um so really it's just always been a hot mess (laughs) now when you when you look back as to when you were younger and you were still a child was there any kind of hobby or activity that you can specifically think of that would take your mind off things or would decrease your anxiety and calm you down was just something that you just consistently struggled with over time as a child? Um, I mean, and I'm sure we're going to kind of get onto this topic later. Um, but a lot of it would just be like, I liked, I didn't mind keeping to myself. And this is something that I'm even still kind of like just coming to realize I didn't mind keeping to myself. Um, and it's hard to, because, you know, I, I'm the youngest of six. So there's 
a lot going on in the house and there's a lot of different personalities. And I mean, you know, I have three older sisters and they were all cheerleaders. So then there's the two brothers and then there's me. So I was always kind of, you know, not quite one of like one of my sisters because they were all cheerleaders. They were all popular. They were legitimately like homecoming queen. And so that's what my mom kind of expected me to be. But I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't want friends. <laughs> so anything like kind of just being on my own, I would be okay with, you know, playing video games or reading or like walking my dog or, you know, just being with my animals. Like those were things when I would feel most, most at ease. Um, and I, I, you know, God bless my mom, <laughs> not trying to like throw her under the bus or anything. Um, but she would kind of, I don't want to say she would force me to do these things, but you know, she's like, why don't you try, you know, X, Y, and Z, like, let's do this activity. And I just, you know, I would go along with it because I felt I had to do it. Um, but that didn't mean I enjoyed it. So just a lot of, um, kind of being a homebody. I was, <laughs> I was enjoying myself. Yeah, I was a homebody in a different sense. Like I had friends and stuff, but like, I just, like, I remember trying, cause you mentioned trying different things. The only thing that really stuck with me growing up was baseball and kind of basketball. Like I tried doing karate. Wasn't for me. Boy Scouts. Don't put me in the woods. Oh, don't, do not put me in the woods. No, um, like, like the story I think of is the, Oh, the one time I went to summer camp. And for one of the merit badges, they had us build our own shelters out of whatever wood or sticks was available in the wooded area we were in. And we had to sleep in our sleeping bag underneath them overnight. I wake up the next morning. I have this huge spider on my arm. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I, and I went to further investigate. I had like four or five spider bites on me. I'm like, nope, we're oh. done. We're done. That's it. Oh, how yeah, like I've been in, I've been in cabins since. Totally fine with cabins. Oh, no for sure. Deal. But creating your own shelter—that's a whole another level of psychotic that I know. They expected children to do that. Apparently, <laughs> I was. God, how old was I? Ten. Oh my god, I couldn't do anything like that now. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I was around like ten or eleven. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'm sure my mother will correct me when she hears this story. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's um, so let's just kind of dip into early on as far as pivotal moments. Um, like you mentioned, like childhood, you know, was there wasn't anything specific that would trigger your anxiety. Just it, it would flare up and it would just kind of happen. Mm -hmm. As you were getting older and into your teenage years and eventually young adulthood, um. Any pivotal moments that you specifically can, like, just say that was one, that was one? Anything specific? Yeah. Um, so I remember when I was in ninth grade, um, I was in, and it's funny to me now because, like, I love social studies, but I was in social studies class, and it was the teacher that I really, I just didn't like her. Um, and I remember just looking up at the clock and seeing that there was still 10 minutes left. And my just like guttural instinct was like, like I gotta get out of here. I just didn't want to be there anymore. And that set off what I now know as a panic attack. And that was the weirdest sensation in my life. It felt like I was in a dream. Um, I felt like 
Like I had to kind of rip onto the desk, otherwise, like I was just gonna lose control or like, it was almost like an out of body experience. Um, again, what I now know as like depersonalization, depersonalization and all that. Um, and then that happened. And then I was afraid that it would happen again. And then I was afraid it would happen in other classes. So pretty much I'm having like panic attacks all day, every day in school. Um, and you know, I would, I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, there's something wrong with me. And I remember walking through the hallway and it just, it literally like, it was like an epiphany, like a like light bulb moment. Um, I was walking with my, one of my friends and I was like, I had a panic attack. Like I've never really heard of that term before. You know what I mean? I have not ever heard of those like two words put together. So like, I, I don't know. To me, I was like, a message from God or something. I don't know. So I was like, I had a panic attack. So then I Googled it and I was like, yeah, this is definitely what I'm having. And then I had another one and finally I'd had enough. Um, and I went up to the social studies teacher and this is why I don't really care for her. And I was like, can I please go to the nurse? Um, and she literally looked at me and was like, are you going to be back in time for this test? And I was like, like, so I was like, I don't know. So I was a nurse. I was like, here's what's happening. She's like, oh, okay. So then she, of course she calls my mom. We get set up with like my pediatrician at the time. I explained what was going on. And then we kind of, we just went from there. Um, so yeah, just out of the blue, I was like, this is what I had. And then that's, you know, been my journey ever since. So while you're having panic attacks about panic attacks, <laughs> Um, <laughs> were, were the people around you, namely your family, were they understanding of what was going on? Did they, or were they just trying to be like, hey, you're just being a teenager. It's no big deal. Like, you'll um, get through it. It's a phase. Not just a phase. Not even that. Um, they were clueless. Um, so my mom would be like, you're fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. My dad, oh my God, he was on a whole nother level. He was like, because I was a vegetarian at the time, he was like, I wonder if it's because she's not eating meat. <laughs> what? So no, they weren't very um, understanding, I guess. That's a new one. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, that one has stuck with me. I wonder if it's... Now I can look back and laugh. <laughs> like, you tried, Dad. You tried. Right. So, like before we get any deeper into other events that happened in your life, so as time went on, I'm assuming this mentality from your parents eventually changed, or not really? Not until recently. Um, so, and again, this is not just to trash my mom. <laughs> um, she She didn't understand, you know what I mean? And people, like, when they don't get it, they don't get it, and um, Some people just need to be educated when they don't understand something. It, it's, it's, right. And they have to be open to it. So right. um, this was like years ago. So my mom is finally, um, I mean, she's she's gotten help for herself. So like good for her. Um, but I remember, so, you know, the pediatrician was like, okay, here's a place to go get uh, medication. Um, and then also set up therapy sessions. Um, my parents' insurance would only cover so many sessions. Mm. So towards, you know, we're winding down and my mom was like, 
it's been helping, right? You seem better. I don't think you need this anymore. Um, and I mean, I think it was in an attempt to not have to pay like the full price. So then I, you know, I was kind of lying to my therapist being like, yeah, everything's fine. Um, so yeah, I would say that, uh, they, you know, weren't very understanding back then. Um, but now, you know, we as a, a family as a whole have kind of gone through a lot together. Um, so they're definitely very much, uh, they're more open-minded. So now we get through the panic attacks about panic attacks in high school. <laughs> um, was there any other, anything else as you were going through high school that sticks out? Um, so I, my, yeah, and it's, it's kind of ironic. My friends that I actually like confided in, I was like, here's what's happening. Um, and like this, uh, this has also kind of taken me some time to understand. Um, but back then I was just like, why are they doing this to me? But it's because, you know, and these are just things that I've learned over the years. Anxiety doesn't always come out looking, you know, like hyperventilating or anything for me a lot of the times. And I feel as though like I owe everybody an apology. Um, anxiety can come out looking like irritability or anger. That's my therapist says like anger is my go-to emotion. And I was a, I was a bitch to these poor girls. Um, I was so mean to them. Um, and they finally had it enough. So they just kind of like blocked me out of their life. They set those boundaries, but I didn't understand what that was at the time. So they, you know, they legit were like, they went to like the guidance counselors or whatever at school. And they were like, here's what's going on with this girl. Um, we think she needs help. So like, stuff like that happened. And then my mom would be like, what, you know, like, why are you doing this? Is it like, what, is it just for attention? Like what's going on? Um, and stuff like that wouldn't really help. You know what I mean? It would just make me feel even worse about myself. Um, and I couldn't even really get through like extracurricular activities again with the, I did dance for like pretty much all my growing up. <laughs> um, so I'd have dance after school and I just like, I remember one time I had, to, I had to sit out because you know, the derealization, the depersonalization was happening again. So then the panic attacks were then carrying on to outside of school. Um, and I had to sit out a class and my mom was like, what, like, what is wrong with you? So of course stuff like that didn't help. So it wasn't just, you know, in school, it was starting to kind of affect like every, every aspect of my life. Professional wrestler Kennedy Copeland joining me here on the space between your ears. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're not paid, if you're not checking out the YouTube live, obviously you're checking this out on anywhere you can get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, all kinds of different places. And so now, and this is actually poor hosting on my part. I should have asked before. So, how old are you right now? Oh God, uh, late twenties. <laughs> I was gonna say you're 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 younger than me, so it's okay. You're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna shame yourself here. Um, all right, so so over the last so so, so ten years since you got out of high school ish, we'll say. Mm -hmm. What are the main events that have affected you, and how were you able to handle them, and how were you able your relationship with your family in the midst of going through that? Um. So I mean. The first thing that pops up into my head is um, a couple of years ago, my 
oldest sister passed away. Um, and that's something that I never thought would happen because, and again, looking back, I realized like kind of, I don't want to say what we did wrong. Um, but I mean, I realize now that, so she was the oldest sister, oldest sibling. Um, and from what I gather that alone is like a lot of, you know, responsibility. That's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Um, and she, that's the one that was the homecoming queen. Uh, always, we would refer to her as like the perfect one. And that's, you know, that's a lot to put on somebody. And so I think what ended up happening and I, you know, don't want to speak for her. Um, but I think it just kind of got to be too much. And then, um, she had her own demons that she had to, to battle. Unfortunately she lost. Um, and so I think that made the whole family kind of take a step back. Um, and that's honestly the, the catalyst for me being serious about getting help. Um, because I didn't want to end up like that. Um, so even though I had gone to therapy in high school, and, you know, here we are years later, like, I've only recently been pretty consistent about therapy and everything. And it really, that was kind of the start of it. Um, and so that was also the start of my mom going to help and going to support groups and everything. Um, my brother has since, um, I come from a family of alcoholics, so that's probably also, like, <laughs> where all of this just begins, uh, right from, you know, right from conception I didn't stand a chance no but um so my brother he sobered up so I think it you know made a lot of us kind of take a step back and really look at ourselves um before I get into my reaction about that um have you had any addiction problems at all no so I consider myself to be um, straight edge, so I've I thought never, so. Okay. Yeah, I've never. I'm lame. I've never like smoked or anything. I've never taken a sip of alcohol. Um, one time, I was having a girls' night, and one of my buddies was like, "Can you open this what was it, white claw for me?" Because she was drunk, and I was like, "Sure." And I opened it up, and I got a drop on my lip. I had a meltdown. They're like, "That was probably just condensation." So, like, never had a sip. Um, I do have to be a little bit careful, though, because I am prescribed Xanax. I'm pretty open about that, too. Mm -hmm. um, if it's, you know, the way I see it is if it's out there in the universe, like someone's going to find out, who cares? Um, but I do have a Xanax prescription, and um, given my family history of addiction, uh, I just have to kind of, like, be a little bit extra careful with that. Mm -hmm. See, I, I was pretty sure you were straight edge, but I was... <laughs> I had to. I, I want to make sure I was correct on that before I, I assumed know, it. People are like, there's, there's, you know, straight edge people that don't even take like Tylenol or anything. And I'm like, I took a lot of that this past weekend, so I don't know if they would consider me. <laughs> we'll, 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 call, we'll, we'll call that extreme straight edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't case. think that's that extreme. Um, so uh, I'm gonna be very blunt for a second here. Um, so. Here's the interesting thing. Around the time, around the time you were going through uh, the death of your sister, the passing of your sister, that was around the time my own 
depression and anxiety were starting to come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that had been building over the years, but it was just starting to come to the forefront to the point where it was affecting regular everyday life. Yeah. And seeing how should I put this? Seeing the way you grew through that whole experience. And because we've been because here's the thing. Let me let me set it up correctly. <laughs> we first met through at, in passing at local wrestling shows like years five ago. years ago, six years ago. So we had been friends on Facebook for a while, but didn't really know each other like that at all. Um, we might have had a passing conversation at some point, mm-hmm. but it was just more or less, you know, keep you know, you know. Uh, Make it a, a professional acquaintance, you know, of, you know, if you know someone, I know someone. It's, you know, 12 degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's how the wrestling business is. That's really right. what it is. I'm usually, like I said earlier, I keep to myself, so I would just be kind of off, like, pacing. So I apologize for never <laughs> saying No, that. no, no, no. That's not me putting on the spot at all. Um, because I was usually in my own corner trying to prep whatever commentary stuff or trying to pull Chris's leg to get a card out of him for an hour straight. Um, (laughs) That's, I I, I wouldn't mean throw him under the bus, but hi, Chris, how are you? Um, So, um, but anyways, so fast forward from how we met. um, So obviously I'm seeing all the stuff you're putting on Facebook about your journey and you're not just putting out the nice smiley stuff you're putting out everything and to me i i applaud the hell out of you for that and i think that that was a degree of inspiration for me to start getting a little deeper into this not just for me but just mental health in general mm-hmm. because i feel like and we kind of touched on this earlier. I think there's, in my opinion, there's still this stigma out there that's very negative about mental health and being public about it and expressing your feelings because feelings are bad, apparently. Um, but they need to be put out there. They need to be expressed because if you just, if you just keep internalizing everything, then it leads to anxiety or panic attacks or... God forbid, if you're in the shape I'm in, it could lead to some physical issues potentially. Um, so, so I, I I applaud you for the way you you've handled things since then. Um, and I, I think uh, I think a, a lot more people who are in our similar line of work mm-hmm. could learn a thing or two from the way you've approached things. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, not having all the answers or not knowing everything. I mean, um, there's always there's always something to learn. I'm still learning stuff every day. I've been therapy for three years now, and mm-hmm. I talk to my therapist. There's still something where I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a never ending process. But uh, to me, if it's when, when therapy gets boring and there's nothing to talk about, that's when there might be a real problem growing. If that makes any sense. That's 
kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, because to me, depression, anxiety, everything that falls under those umbrellas, that's an everyday struggle. And it could be the littlest thing. It doesn't have to be something huge. Yeah. You know, it could just be like the littlest trigger set you off. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could still work on that a little bit about yeah. me. Or, or well, that's, that. that's the thing is that's how I know. So when stuff like that happens for me, that's actually how I know I like forgot to take my medication that day. Um, because I – so I lost something the other day, and my poor boyfriend was like – it's like, oh, man, like, you're, you know, you can be a little scatterbrained or like, you can be a little messy. And like, I pride myself on being very, so I'm also, and like, I don't use this as a joke. Um, I don't care if people do say like, oh, I'm very OCD. I'm legitimately diagnosed with OCD. Um, and I, I think it's because, you know, I also grew up in a, a home where we hoarded things. So now I'm very neat and organized. I need to know where everything is and whatnot. So I lost something over the weekend. And just that little comment was enough to like, I cried. <laughs> so my poor boy was like, it's okay. And I was just like, no, it's not because now you think I'm like a wreck and da, da, da. like it just one little thing can make me spiral. And then I have to kind of pause and reflect as my, my therapist likes to say. Um, and I have to be like, why am I acting like this? Okay. Step one, I should probably take my medication for the day. And then we go from there. <laughs> Medication's a good start. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I miss a dose. I'm a nightmare. So <laughs> Uh, so now let's get into, um, not to offend your boyfriend, but I'd, I'd say it's your biggest love. Let's get, <laughs> let's get into animals a little bit. You mentioned, um, you mentioned animals earlier. Um, so you obviously loved animals for as long as you can remember. Um, like how many pets do you remember having growing up and how many do you have now? We never had a, a shortage of pets. Um, at one point growing up, uh, my family had like 10 cats. And I swear we weren't like like animal hoarders. We just hoarded stuff. Um, but what happened was uh, my brother like acquired a cat. And then like we set up the appointment to like get her spayed or something. But of course she had kittens. So my mom was like, well, we can't like split up the family. Right. Keeping them, stuff like that. So that's why I'm also very pro spay and new to your animal, so this doesn't happen to you. So Bob Barker like, always said it for 40 years, damn it. Do it. <laughs> right? He didn't say it for nothing. Um, I think at like one point we had like 10 cats. Um with with uh my poor uh ex-boyfriend who we're still on very good terms. Um we had 17 cats at one point. Um I've had like eight ferrets at one point. I, I only had only I only have five ferrets now and two dogs of my own, but it's just something that I've always, um, had, you know, it's been like the one consistency, I guess, in my life is just like always having animals and always having them, you know, not in small doses. And I just, the way we saw it was, you know, there's always room, there's always room for one more, you know? <laughs> so. Did you see animals as you got older and were experiencing the symptoms of, um, you know, of, their mental health and all that did you i'm assuming you kind of saw them as more of as a good source of therapy for you like if you know obviously if you, you don't have you're not got 24 7 contact with the therapist obviously so um you know what what was your love for animals just kind of something you would you saw yourself coming back to over time um yeah i mean like it's just 
they've never, how do I put this? They've just always been there. So it's not like, I don't know, like I said, they've, they've been the one consistency. And I mean, like one of my, just one of my favorite things to do in the world is just take my dog on a walk. You know, that's, that's it. I don't ask her much. <laughs> now, as somebody who works at Mohawk Hudson Humane Society, I'm going to assume what the answer to this question is going to be, but I'm still going to ask it anyways. Um, one isn't uh, a scale of one to 10. One is definitely not 10 as in what the hell are you asking that question for? Uh, would you recommend pets to those dealing with mental health issues? Um, yes. This might actually be kind of surprising. Um, so yes, but I mean, like, let's be real here. My dogs are probably, sometimes my dogs were the only reason that I wouldn't off myself. Um, I have two dogs that were deemed um, unadoptable because they, they're, they're assholes. <laughs> let's just put it that way. Um, they, you know, were put in situations where they felt they had to make the choice that they did. I know I'm kind of like personifying dogs right now. Um, but they do have, you know, pretty significant bite history. Um, one of my dogs actually, he came in, um, on a bite hold as we kind of call it. Um, I guess his owner was like, you know, in and out of rehab and whatnot. And so I took one look at this dog just sitting in a kennel. Like he had like a, like a obnoxiously large prong collar on and everything. I took one look at him and I just kind of like, it's like one of those things where you just know. And I was like, Oh, you're going to be my problem. Cause I just, I felt for him. You know what I mean? Cause between growing up in a dysfunctional household, um, where rehab was kind of like, Oh, hush, hush and everything. Hmm. Um, so I ended up jokingly being like, well, yeah, I'll foster this dog. And my boss was like, yeah, you should. Um, so they, you know, they've had a rough life too. And because of that, they, you know, they're very stranger danger. They're very reactive to people. Um, I mean, they only really like me and my roommate. So like there'd be times when I'm like, I can't do anything to myself because then these guys will have absolutely nowhere to go. So in that sense, yes, I recommend pets. Um, but also please remember that, you know, they, they, are living beings. They do require care. Um, I mean, they, you know, they, they've been the reason that sometimes they're the, the only reason I'll get out of bed that day. I'm like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Um, so, I mean, they're helpful in that sense. Um, but I mean, it's obviously not, I'm not saying this is like a cure or anything. I'm not going to say like, yeah, it's a, it's a guarantee that like they'll get you up and everything. So I would hate for, somebody to you know be in a position where they're worse off than i was and then not only are they neglecting their own self-care but they're you know not giving the dogs or any pet what they need okay that was i'm sorry that was <laughs> no it's a it's a fair answer it's it's an honest <laughs> answer i'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit you at all for that that was fine <laughs> um now the one thing I, I didn't really touch on before we got into the, uh, the the happier side of things, did your um, your mental health issues and your mental health journey um, ever cause problems for you with relationships? 
That's a very loaded question, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah, but no, because like I said, I'm an open book, so like nothing's right. loaded. Um, yes, and I mean, I have done and said some things where I'm not proud of. Um, I own up to it. You know, that's something I had to learn in therapy is you got to hold yourself accountable or else you're never going to get over it. Um, so with my previous boyfriend, the the one that I mentioned before, we're still on good terms. Um, I, I've said and done some pretty unforgivable things. Um, you know, and now it's kind of something where we can kind of look back and laugh on now. I mean, there was a period of time when um, shortly after we broke up, it is like normal couple stuff. Um, we didn't talk for months. And then one day he's like, you need to smooth things over. And then ever since after that, like we've been really good friends. Uh, but I mean, before that it was just, you know, I, I would, I would low blow, you know what I mean? I would say just uncalled for things and whatnot. Um, and he would, I, there's some things that I don't even remember, um, like throwing things or like breaking things. Um, again, not, you know, not cool at all. Um, he's like, do you remember like that one time you did this? And I'm like, I have no recollection because I would just like black out from anger, which again, that's unfortunately my go-to. Um, so one time I broke, uh, and I'm, I'm only laughing cause I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Um, but one time we had like a, it's like a space heater or something. And like, I kicked it and broke it. And I thought like I broke my toe, but I was just like so enraged that like I, I couldn't be tamed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've definitely um, done my fair share of wrongdoings. And I kind of took that and I tried to not bring those into other relationships. Um, so I would try to be more open and try to, you know, communicate and stuff. Um, but then it got to the point where in another relationship, I would voice my insecurity and, you know, I'm not, Again, I'm not proud of this, but I'm a very jealous person. So I'd just be like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Um, and then it got to the point where um, it would kind of be thrown back in my face. And, um, you know, I was told that I internalize my feelings like a child, which to me, and I've talked to my therapist about this. If there's like a conflict going on, my first instinct is to just remove myself from the situation. Um, because I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore where I just go off because I will. Um, I'm trying to demonstrate a level of self-control. So my, and again, this is my therapist said, that's your coping mechanism. That's fine. So what I would do is be like, Hey, I'm a step out. You know, uh, you might not hear from me for the rest of the night. Like I'm just, I'm just coming down. So like, I don't want to say anything stupid. Um, so then I, you know, it's like they thought I was running away when really I was just trying to chill out and cool down. Um, so it, you know, it has been an issue in um, some of my relationships, but what can you do? <laughs> Professional wrestler Kennedy Copeland joined me here on The Space Between Your Ears, uh, available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole nine yards. Um, no, there's not really a podcast service called The Whole Nine Yards. Just live with the saying. Um, 
So speaking of professional wrestling, let's get into it. Um, where did professional wrestling fit into the picture? Like when, like when we introduced to it as like a fan, and then how did actually getting into the business come around? Um, I probably got into it when I was like way too young. I was like in nursery school, and the first wrestler, and I like always tell everyone this, the first wrestler that really stuck out to me was Kane. Um, yeah, because that'll that'll stick with you. Um, and I just remember that like my brother had it on in the background and I'm like, what's that? And like I mentioned earlier with the, you know, the brother sister dynamic, I was always kind of more because I came after two boys. I was mm-hmm. basically another boy. Um, my mom always did say that if I was another boy, she'd leave me at the hospital. Cause she's like, no more. So I was, you know, very tomboyish growing up and whatnot. Um, so he's watching this and I'm like, what is this? Um, and just. Again, it was just one of those things where you know you're it, like, mind you, I was like four, but I was yeah. like, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> so I just my whole life was wrestling. Um, you know, I for book reports for school, I would write about like autobiographies. My favorite one was Eddie Guerrero's, um, and I really, you know, not just for not just for like the actual rep, like not just for like the performing aspect, but also like, um, I guess their personal lives, you know, a lot of people will say like, it's very difficult to like date and whatnot if you're a wrestler. I'm like, oh, I'm kidding. Um, and just like be prepared to kind of, you know, have people not get it or not understand. Um, so kind of a lot of it kind of parallels with like mental health and stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, Wrestling and animals have been like the two key parts of my life. I could see it. You turn on the TV in like 1998 and you hear this old man say, oh, one dude had his brother try to burn him down and he ended up staying alive and now he's come back for revenge. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's the thing is because I grew up in such a dysfunctional household that I was like, this is like, it's fucked up. But like, I'm like, that's normal for me because I'm pretty sure. And this is heavy, but like, I'm pretty sure that like the night I discovered wrestling, like my parents were like off in the background, like having a fight. So I'm like, oh, but yeah. And like, this is so messed up. But like, this is just, these are things that like, like along the way, you're, you just go about your day and then you're like, oh, that's not right at all. <laughs> but like, I think it was kind of like I could relate to it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, man, like I can actually pick a side. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, that guy's clearly the good guy. I'm going to root for him and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff from that era of wrestling. That was kind of that like you look back now, 20 years later, you're like, yeah, like, like uh, I don't know. Uh I think back for a second. I an, old woman, an old woman giving birth to a hand. That that'd be one. Um even right up to like the ruthless aggression era. I mean, like, as we all know, Edge is my favorite. Um no. so the live sex celebration, like oh god. My brother, yeah, my brother oh, was, god. he was watching that in like the den in our house. And I guess my dad like came downstairs and was like what are you not, watching? He's like, he's like, your sister's not watching this. He's like, not like I don't know. I think she's upstairs in her room. I was in the basement watching. <laughs> like I should not have been. Like, Sorry, Dad. <laughs> it was. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Look up on your own. I'm not even gonna bother trying to describe it right now. Um, exactly what it sounds. <laughs> just, yeah, 
Yeah, just you know there was a bed with satin sheets in the ring. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's, um, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so, I mean, I guess we, we already touched on pro wrestling and why it was an important part of your life. We already touched on that, basically. Um, the name. Like, I don't know how deep you want to get into this or if there's really a simple answer to this. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, if you can, can you guess where it's from. <laughs> oh, yeah. The last name is obvious. I yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, so that. For those of you who don't know, uh, Edge's real name is Adam Copeland, hence the Copeland. Um, breaking down the <laughs> I like people ask for, like, are you related? I was like, yeah. I'm married to him. Like, what? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. His long lost sister. I don't know. Like, God, that'd be so wrong. My whole life has been pining for him. <laughs> oh, God almighty. <laughs> that'd be so fucked up. Um, yeah, so, so I feel like a lot of. Hang on. Um, oh, God. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. You regret asking me to be your first guest. <laughs> Oh goodness me! Oh God, do we need to take a break? No, 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 no. You're fine. You're right, fine. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going because I ramble when I say something stupid, and then I just continue to say more stupid stuff. Um, and no, I feel like this is gonna get all like, um, but I feel like kind of, I'm, I am a firm believer in like everything does happen for a reason. Um, so you know, I've been a, a fan of Edge my whole entire life, and then of course he comes out to you know Alter Bridge and. That's how I came to to love them, um, and I don't just love them because they did Edge's song. Like I literally, there's not like a song I don't like by them. Um, I think Miles Kennedy is the most talented vocalist there is. Um, so I'm sure you can kind of gather from that where Kennedy comes mm. from. Mm. Mm. It's all coming together. It's like the magic <laughs> trick, by the way. <laughs> hey, there's magic tricks on this podcast. <laughs> The match trick a four-year-old could do. Um, I'm impressed. I have the mentality of one, so I'm like, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> let's go read Barrett Steve Bears. Um, Shut up! I love them. Oh, that's what I get for mentioning it. Oh, uh, oh goodness me! I'm so uh, I never grew up. There's no so, hope. Oh, what was the name of the? What were the teddy bear movies that came out recently? Not Ted, um, the the kid ones, Codrington or something, or oh, it was an oh, jeez, what was it? What I was think, it? I want to say Codr- No, I think it was like I think it was called Codrington. I'll look it up. I'll 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 share the info. Yeah, you got a message. Um, all right. So, in general, I'm like, are we talking about three circles of people basically that you're you're your life kind of rotates around. There's, there's fa- the family, and then I'm assuming you ha- kind of have like an inner circle of, for lack of a better phrase, we'll call them work family, and then over here is wrestling family. It, it, you let it be so that neither the twain shall meet, or does it ever does it mix or? Um, I think it. I mean, I don't know if it's just like because of happenstance, but they don't really, um, they don't really meet. I mean, there was one time that, and like this meant the world to me, um, and like I, I don't know how I can ever repay them. Um, 
that I had, I don't know if you were there. Um, I had a local show and my entire, like almost my entire workplace came to watch and cheer me on. Uh, and that was one of the first few independent shows my dad ever went to. So like that was one of the few times that they all, like my world's collided and I was like, whoa. Um, but I think there's kind of a healthy boundary, there's that word again, uh, in between each so that like, um, and it's kind of funny because I've always found that like, it's probably not going to wood, um, but I've always found that like if wrestling's going well, then I'm like kind of being stressed out at work. But if like I'm, you know, feeling very fulfilled at work, like wrestling's not really going the way I wanted to. As of right now, I seem to have found the balance. My puppy is sleeping me right now. Um, but I think it's, you know, I try to keep them separate um, in the event that like, you know, each is a state for me. Um, so I try to keep like work and, and wrestling separate as best I can. doesn't mean I won't still be like checking my phone to see my bookings or anything. Um, but I, I get a sense of fulfillment from each of those things individually. So I don't feel the need to intermix them. Okay. Um, I had a question. Oh, um, wrestling family. I'm going to take a wild guess and put out three letters that uh, sum up a, a, a decent portion of that family. Mm -hmm. uh, T-I-W, I'm oh assuming. Goodness. <laughs> I know, that, that's digging back a few years, but yeah. I'm assuming that's a pretty solid crew to start with. Um, yeah, I mean, but for at the time in my life, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I don't really, I haven't seen many of those people in a while. Um, and you know, that's, that's what happens in life is, mm -hmm. you know, people, they come and go. Um, I just, that was a period of my life that I am very grateful for. Um, that's where I got my start really. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me think like, Hey, I might actually be able to do this. So <laughs> it was very much a family. Um, I think we are all, and you know, this happens with families. They, we've kind of disbanded, um, and you know, been dispersed and whatnot. Yeah. Um, we've kind of gone our separate ways, and I'm sure like COVID hasn't really helped that either. Um, so yeah, a lot of those people. One's trying to get into a bunch of movies. You know, that's all good. What's that? One of them's trying to get into a bunch of movies. It looks like it's all good. Which one? Uh, I'll use his ring name, Fox. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, we'll 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 talk more about that another time. Um, okay. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on quick, just because it's it's been a growing topic of conversation on and off the last few years, particularly about a couple of like big name personnel in the wrestling business. Uh, concussions. Is that something you've ever experienced from your work in the ring? Um, if you had one, did it scare you or whatnot? Um, I mean, I don't, not that I know of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was one instance where I didn't, and this is probably like the only, I guess, not even like head injury, but like the thing that comes closest to it. Um, I didn't duck a line enough once, and so it pretty much just like hit me. You know, like scrape the top of your head. Ah, yeah, I don't remember 
the rest of that match. I remember getting to the back and the first thing I said was, I am so sorry if I fucked anything up because I, I was like, I don't remember what was supposed to come after. Um, and they had to tell me, they're like, no, you, like, you did everything just fine. You kept going. And I was like, what? And so um, one of them had actually, I think it was at TW. Um, one of them had actually recorded the match and they showed it and I just watched it and I was like, I don't remember any of that. So that was probably like the closest thing I've had. To, I don't know if it was a concussion. Right. Um, but it was, you know, I, I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10. I would not recommend. So yeah, it can be pretty, pretty scary. But again, I feel like I should be knocking on wood here. Um, I've been fortunate that I haven't had any serious injuries, period. Oh, God. <laughs> not knock on five wooden things for oh, saying that. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so before we came on air, I teased a question to you. This is the hypothetical one? Yes, I teased a hypothetical question. I'm going to end the show with this. Okay. Okay. It's For you, it's probably going to be a, a two-second decision. Oh, God. But here's the hypothetical. You have two choices. It's kind of blue pill, red pill. Very much, very much in that vein. On one hand, you have, you're guaranteed a million dollars a year the rest of your life. Okay. On the other hand, 30 days of marriage to Edge. Oh my God. <gasps> and I, I think this will surprise you. Um, it's not, not going to be another clear cut answer. Um, I don't know if I could because like it's funny because I actually like really I always liked Beth Phoenix <laughs> uh, even before they oh, were come on yeah, so I'm like no no I respect her way too much I can I don't want to be a home wrecker never again <laughs> I might just have to take the money and run I'll wipe my tears with my wads of cash oh shit. <laughs> I mean okay. I don't know buy his love can we do that buy his love yeah I, how are we gonna buy uh, wait, why am i saying we? i'm not, I'm not putting myself in the, in the equation <laughs> how are you gonna buy the love listen we can figure out a way for beth to disappear no i'm kidding i'm what? kidding i'm kidding that sounded threatening uh, no what if i beat her off and be like listen listen i need you Wait, what'd you say? I said I'll pay her off and I promise I'll be a really cool stepmom. Wow. Okay. Ah! Um I hope that answer was better than what you wanted. Why did I even bother asking that question? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Um with that so, said. Yeah, with that said, uh yeah, Anything else you want to touch on or say or parting words of wisdom? Oh, God. Um, I feel so I covered the I always do this. Uh, stay new to your pets. Um, and just really focus on self-care. It's not always, you know, like bubbly baths and whatnot. Um, you know, sometimes it's, and I just had to do this the other day, sometimes it's uh, taking a little bit of your schedule and being like, this is going to make me get burnt out. I'm going to have to duck out of some shows. And if they get mad at me, then that's a, you know, a them problem, not a me problem. I need to take care of myself first. Um, 
Yeah, would that be a lesson to you? Well, I have to say, I uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Ooh, um, I yeah, um, I was about it at work today because I had to do like a news interview and I screwed up. So I'm like, I don't got the talking shots today. Don't got for, it. What, TV station, newspaper. Who? Yeah, um, for the local news, they're doing a, a segment on one of our dogs. So of course, I was like, okay. I could probably take a guess what news station then. When since you said that, yeah, what, would it be ten? Yeah, Steve Caparizzo. I, I wasn't for Steve Cap, but it was for like oh, just uh, yeah, like their website or I don't. Know. See, I don't know. I don't even know. Whatever. Here's the dog. <laughs> Here, this, this is who you want to talk to, not me. This one. That's the thing. This I was talking to the dog the entire time. I'm like, this is easy. And then I looked up and had to like talk to the microphone. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure not good promos, so. I'm sure you were fine. <laughs> and promos we can always work on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Kennedy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and being the first guest. I'm a that. Um, <laughs> don't forget if you want to listen back to any of the old episodes just go and look at the other episodes on youtube or check out the audio version only if you want on spotify yahoo um yahoo google podcast yahoo. Apple podcast who knows i don't know they're, they're all they're all different these days uh spotify <laughs> wherever you get your podcast you can check it out just search for the space between your ears and uh, yeah, as always, we're presented by Godzilla Media. Kennedy, thank you very much. And enjoy your holiday weekend coming up. And yeah, yeah. speed and new to your pets, damn it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye.